Sarah, we did it. We got through it. We got through. <laughs> <laughs> no technical glitches whatsoever. It's been a whole 28 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Woman on Top podcast. It's Sarah this week. And uh, I think you'll be coming back next week, too, because Barbara, I believe Barbara has to work. But Barbara will be back the week after. So thank, right. you for, thank you for sitting in. Um, today. I'm, today I'm we have, you are, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> today we have two articles that I want to, uh, one I think is, I think is a little bit more hopeful than the other. The other is just just straightforward guy pandering for head pats. But the first one I want to get into, and we kind of were jumping into this and it might, I don't know, do people, do people need uh, a little bit of foreplay first? Uh, I mean, I don't know, Sarah, how was your day? <laughs> well, I'm in Florida. So, uh, you know, not that great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but nothing eventful happened. I just, I just worked. That's always yeah. the case with me. I feel. One day I'll have a story. Yeah, today I, I've for me. And if not, I'll just start lying. She'll just start creating a life. Oh well, that's that's a great segue into the <laughs> article we're going to talk about. Uh, I am really smack in the middle of a depressive episode of of, of a heavy major one, and so or or I'm I shouldn't say smack in the middle. I might be coming out of it little by little, but it's been. It's been a rough few days. It's it's been a rough couple of months. I think I told you the the story with my you listened to the one about my the friend of my sister who mm -hmm. kept texting and how that like kind of freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> Since then that it's just been a very up and down couple of months. So I'm working through it. Trying to do more yoga. Uh -huh. uh, I actually, if anyone does yoga, I, I really like Pop Sugar on YouTube. Their channel they have some great workout videos. They have Tabata, they have yoga, they have Pilates. So shout out to Pop Sugar because I really, really like their their workout videos. Do you like hot yoga? Yeah, I do. And actually, I, I'm meeting a girlfriend tomorrow to go to hot yoga. Okay, I, a and, brand new studio just opened near me, and I. I like yoga, but I hate sweating. So where does that leave me? You know, <laughs> I can't, I really can't tell you how good for your body hot yoga is and what it does and how it helps purify, you know, the toxins and helps you, helps you with the muscles. You know, your muscles are very tight, especially when we get older and keeps the joints fluid and, it, and it just, the peace of mind it gives you. I have to say, you know, my anxiety has been horrible too. And I've started now to just step out of, you know, if I'm working, I'll do a video and I'll do yoga for about 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, I, 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 it's like night and day when I finish that, when I finish the, when I finish it 15 minutes of a, of a flow, it's. Well, that's what it, that's, I mean, that's not what it does. Of, uh, that's a there's, lot of payoff for a little input, you know? Right. There's so many benefits to it. And the instructor, there are two instructors that I love, Mary Horn and Brittany Simone. And Brittany Simone Anderson. And they teach for, they don't, they teach for Equinox and Pure Yoga, but they also teach online classes. And I'm going to link to, I believe it's called da The Daily Burn. Uh, 
and it's a online yoga uh, channel, and I'll I'll put a link to it. Well, I'll have to try uh, hot yoga, so I have a story to tell. It's yeah, I, I really would. I would try it. Stay hydrated. Make sure you have water with electrolytes. Okay. And uh, tell me what you think. I I love it. I really do. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So, all right, you worked up enough. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. You, you lubed up enough. <laughs> or the listeners? So. Yeah, I think so. I think we've uh, we've done enough foreplay for them. So, the first article that I sent you, it was published in the Cut about uh, about a month ago, and it was written by a woman named Tracy Strauss. And full disclosure, just so that to be upfront. I've had a couple of online interactions with her that led to her blocking me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, she doesn't she doesn't care for me. I don't really have an opinion of her, but I felt the need to make that clear. Okay. So the article is called "We Had a Beautiful If Imaginary Relationship," and I really need to warn people that it. If if you're if you're feeling kind of vulnerable, this this article, the the passages that we read m- might really be a gut punch because that's how they felt for me. It felt that way for me, and I'm married, so yeah, it's it's, it's really intense. It starts off. He looked like he came out of a J. Crew catalog. A single, dirty blonde, blue-eyed, fit man in his mid thirties. Brad was a Princeton alumnus and nonprofit vice president who sat at a table next to mine on Sunday mornings at the neighborhood cafe. We introduced ourselves to each other when I was writing a book and he was answering what appeared from his expression to be a very serious email. And he needed an outlet to plug in the power cord for his laptop. The nearest one was under my table. And she says, I think I used to see you at the Starbucks across the street. And he says, yeah, I remember you. And she said, oh, he remembered me. And she said, I felt myself blush. I'm Tracy, I said. He put out his hand to shake mine. Brad, he said, thanks for introducing yourself. I was in my late 30s and had never fallen in love. While my peers were married and raising kids, I was in therapy working to wrap my head around a painful past, life circumstances that had created obstacles to my personal growth, barriers to achieving happiness and personal success in love. I thought if I tried hard enough, I could catch up to my peers. I, too, could find my life partner. I was a full-blown romantic. I thought maybe Brad was the one. So I got to this point in the essay, and now, and I'm already like, like I can feel the tears coming on. <laughs> well, the, the title, right? <laughs> the title alone. Uh, for, for a year, every Sunday morning, I went to the cafe and saw Brad sitting at a table. His gaze, glued, his gaze glued to his computer screen until he took the chance to look up at me. Every Sunday morning, I said hi, asking how his week had been. And every Sunday morning, Brad smiled and asked me the same. Our conversations were brief. He always seemed intent on getting back to his work. But they were, I thought, deeper than superficial chit-chat. I never paid attention to the fact he never asked me to join him. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, that just, oh, God. When my mother died, Brad was one of the few peers I knew who understood what I was going through. He'd lost his mother when he was in his 20s, and his father had also recently passed. 
talking with each other, we realized that he was going to be clearing out his parents' house the same weekend. I was going to be cleaning out my mother's condo. We'd both be doing it alone together. It was morbidly romantic. I wondered if it was fate. Death was a tie to bind us. Now, I have to stop. Oh, now here's the next part. Okay. <laughs> this is the one. I Okay. I really hope I get through this one. I imagined asking him out how he'd say yes. I imagined we'd date, and several months later, when my lease was up, I'd move out of my tiny, rundown attic apartment, and Brad would move out of his place, and we'd move into a nice apartment together. A year after that, if things worked out, perhaps we'd get engaged, and then we'd get married. A couple years later, we'd have children. I daydreamed. It wasn't too late for me. I could still attain the kind of love life I wanted. <sighs> okay, I have to take a breath, because that line... Now, I, what's important, and she divulges this later in the essay, is she is a survivor of childhood trauma, specifically childhood sexual abuse. So this essay in, really, really resonated with me because we both share so much in common, and it sounds like we both suffered similar we both we both sort of suffered in similar similar ways and we're both stunted in similar ways so i so identified with this and as you know you used to read my my posts on and that's why you're single and i you and i used to talk you know personally when i harbored that crush on the guy on my gym the guy at my gym mm -hmm. you know and then i met don and the first time I went out with Don, we went out a couple of times and I I thought, oh, he seems too available and he's so nice and uh, and I got really scared and I was telling you and a few other people in the, in my in an email group that I was going to break things off and I said I just don't feel it. And you <laughs> being you <laughs> replied and said, "Do you think it's cuz he's available?" <laughs> no. And that really stuck with me. And for like two or three weeks, I just, I really, I said, you are, you're running. You are running from a possibly great relationship because you're afraid. And it's time to stop running. And if you, if you don't give this a try, you're, go you're going to regret it. And I, at one point, I went to a yoga class and I was sitting there and I was doing my stretch. And I don't know if some like sad song came on and I just started bawling in yoga. And one of the women from my class came up to me and she said, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, it's just a guy that, you know, I'm dating. And she's like, "Ugh, just dump him. <laughs> fuck that I'm guy. Like, no, no, <laughs> fuck that guy. And I'm like, no, he's a, he's a really good guy. And so even though, you know, even though things with Don didn't work out, I see it as a huge step in, development and recovery and just health that I went back and yeah. gave that a try. You took a risk. It didn't I took work a risk. out. It and didn't work out. And you're still here. I'm still here. I'm still, I'm still standing. Yeah. So let's finish the, I, I don't want to read too much of this essay. So basically what ends up happening is she asks Brad out hmm? and Brad says, I'm sure you're very thoughtful. <sighs> no, he said, I think you're a very thoughtful person, but I don't think you're my type. Mm -hmm. 
Ugh. Ugh. And then he said, or that, and then he said something about just being friends and something about we should have coffee sometime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, yeah. And then she said, or she said, I didn't imagine that every time after when I'd walk into the cafe, he'd always be too busy with his laptop to have coffee. Ugh. This just so much like secondhand pain, secondhand embarrassment and not embarrassment like, oh, my God, you idiot. But embarrassment like I know that feeling of you take this huge risk, but you take it because you've convinced yourself that it's going to pay off. Well, and it feels like a huge risk because you've imagined that at the opposite end, there's a huge payoff. Yes. And that's, that's one of those things where I'm, when I say we share something that, that it's a self soothing technique where we, crushes are very safe, but crushes are also, when you self isolate the way both she and I did, and you get lonely, it's the fantasies, it's the fantasy relationships and the crushes that get you through. Well, I think I thought it was interesting earlier when you said, I don't know, I don't remember if you said stunted or arrested development, but something to that effect, mm-hmm. because crushes are how we start engaging with relationships, right? Mm-hmm. With romantic relationships. And right. they are by definition, um, I mean, I don't have a better word than immature, although like I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean <laughs> mm-hmm. um but they just crushes crushes are how we start right and it's how you start because you imagine that there is really a lot at stake mm-hmm. um and if you are you know an, an experienced well-adjusted person you learn eventually that there's not that much at stake that sometimes stuff works out sometimes it doesn't right mm-hmm. sometimes it's in between mm-hmm. and like if someone rejects you and tells you you're thoughtful that that's you know those are just the breaks but the the crush is you know it feels very big it feels larger than life it feels like it's gonna be your life right but and let me step in there and say it now rejection is hard for most people yes but rejection for a trauma survivor can be a devastating trigger yes which is another reason why we stay with the crush because the disappointment and the rejection and the the that then the inner critic it's like inviting the inner critic to come out and say ha ha see you know he, no one wants you yeah we know that that's what's going to happen and then you have to think about why like oh i wonder why i'm not his type or you know right and and it's just it's it is different for trauma survivors and you know in our course today uh, the instructor said, you know, we want people, we want people to come on our podcast. And, and if there's anything that you feel like you, you are very knowledgeable in, uh, we'd love to have you on. And so I, immediately I sort of typed in the little chat thing that I wanted to come on a, to talk about dating and trauma okay? because I do feel like if you are a survivor, and, and there is additional classes that I'm taking this summer, narcissistic abuse, partner betrayal. Hmm. Trauma isn't just abuse or assault. Trauma is anything that causes you an ex- extreme distress. And I truly believe 
that dating these days, the amount of rejection that we are experiencing is unmatched. It is like nothing we've ever endured before. And I think it's doing a great deal of damage. So not only do I want to, you know, be on their podcast to talk about dating and rejection, but this is, this is the classes that I'm going to start. We've already got the coaching link up on, on the site and I've already started taking clients. I had my first client yesterday. I have another one on Friday. Congrats. And we're, yeah. It's, and we're talking not about, oh, do you think he likes me or what, do you, what should I say? It's more about what, what are you afraid of? You know, if, why are you hanging on to this? You know, what, what is it about this situation that, that you're clinging to and why? Yeah. And let's face that. And let's also talk about how, even if it doesn't work out, you are perfectly okay. And I don't think society reminds women enough that even if you, whether you're, you have kids or whether you have a husband or, or a partner, you are enough. And I just don't feel like, these dating, like these male dating coaches, they basically just teach women how to make things easier for men. Yeah. And I'm just not down with it anymore. And I'm, I've been listening to these videos and getting irrationally angry at how these men condescend to women and how these men encourage women to c- still pursue guys who are jerks. And we'll, that, that's, we'll get to that later in the, in the class. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> my all-time so. um, most hated piece of advice from men to women is the mm-hmm. always be positive thing. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I can't. First of all, I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> just, um, again, it just makes, it makes life easier for men, right? Always be positive, right? Right. Translates to never remind him to empty the dishwasher. Right. And be supportive. I think, did I send you that video from, I think his name is Matthew Boggs and it's five things to be, you know, the most amazing partner. And it's, you know, to see the, make sure to make situations great. You know, if you're standing in line at a at a for the a carnival for the Ferris wheel or a roller coaster, and it's a long line, you know, make that fun. Like because we're trained monkeys, apparently, and why, it's why about why is the onus on me? Why is it on us exactly? So make things fun. Um, what is the, what was the other one? Uh, always be positive. Oh, yeah, bite me. I really can't with the cult of positivity. Anyway, I mean, I. I, I just, I only ever hear it from people who are trying to shut down dialogue. Yes, very much so. And, and that, that will be brought up in the next, the next section. I feel like let's get through this because we're getting into some good stuff, but that cult of positivity and oh. shutting down discussion will come up with our, in our next one. So let's finish this. Okay. Once, a few months after I asked him out, I was walking down the street and I saw, in the distance, a man standing by his car, staring at me. As I got closer, it was Brad. His gaze didn't match his stance about dating me. He said hello and mentioned he was meeting with a realtor. He was tired of renting and was considering buying a condo. Then he drove away. Mm -hmm. Despite this encounter... Our interactions at the cafe remained as they'd always been until, at some point, Brad stopped coming. 
I assumed he'd found a girlfriend. For a long while, I forgot about him. A few years into the future, I got curious and Googled him, thinking I might find a wedding announcement. Instead, I found his obituary. Brad had died of, a brain, can- of brain cancer, which the obituary stated he'd battled for four years. Four years before his death was around the time we'd first introduced ourselves to each other. My friends suggested that Brad didn't want to pursue a relationship with me, not because he didn't care for me, but because he was trying to protect me. I'm going to stop there <laughs> and say, so this, and this is where, and this is, this was sort of the turn around for me about this essay, because she doesn't, she's, she's denied, she's in denial. There's a lot of projection here for sure. There's a lot of projection there, but I think it comes from this place of, especially whether you're a trauma survivor or not, if you're a person or if you're a woman of a certain age, you know, or as you're getting older, if you're just a woman whose friends and family members are all married and having kids and you're struggling, you you have those moments of when, when is this going to happen for me? What if I've missed my time? What if nobody wants me? And so we hold on to things because we need to believe. Yeah. We need to believe that what we seek is out there. Well, I, I think women start worrying really early too. I mean, it, I'm sure it intensifies with age, but um, you know, d- depending on what part of the country you're from, you may see all your friends getting married at 22, right? And mm-hmm. you may start to panic then. Oh my God, am I dried up? Why doesn't anyone want me? I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I hear younger people really talking about it, I'm like, oh God, shut up. But I don't. But but that's. That's real fear, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. that's their world, and that's what they're seeing. And I, you know, we're the whole fucking Prince Charming thing, and like that whole panic about aging. This it kicks in pretty early. Mm-hmm. The let me and read. It's real, <laughs> it's it, real yeah, fear. It is. It is real fear. The final paragraph. Brad wouldn't be my future boyfriend or husband, but he taught me to believe that the person I was looking for existed. And that person wasn't perfect. He was real. Sometimes feeling discouraged about finding the love of my life, I'd visit that old cafe and catch myself for an instant looking for Brad. I knew he was gone, but the gift of him would always remain. Uh, This was a visceral, so well-written but har- but harrowing for me because of what it stirred up but you know the the needing to believe thing i'm i'm 100% behind but sometimes i feel like we we just we stay in denial or we just don't know how to read the signs yeah and i feel like w- with this now this is it's a beautiful essay but I feel like the fact that she keeps insisting that he was interested after he said, you're not my type, which could have been code for I'm gay or I don't find you attractive. But yeah. that line, you're not, you're not my type, 
first of all, that's closing a door. <laughs> it's it's slamming a door while your while your foot is still in it. A, a, a comment like that, I find, I think is just rude. I think it's unnecessary, and I feel like she's holding this guy. She's putting this guy on a pedestal when, in fact, he's probably a real asshole. And I think yeah, we do that she's too. Probably forgiving a lot <laughs> based yeah. on his appearance and his pedigree. Yeah, and and I re- I read her book, and she she definitely seems to give the good looking guys with prestige. You know, he this one, J. Crew model with a Princeton degree. She definitely gives them more wiggle, wiggle room than she gives other guys. Yeah, and really, no wonder he said that. He's used to being able to say whatever he wants. <laughs> right. He's, he's a convention, right? He's a white guy. Like he, <laughs> he sees nothing wrong, and probably no one's ever told him, "Oh, don't do that." Right? He does. He didn't even know that was rude. I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't know how she didn't know that was rude. But then, after I read her book and after I read this, I realized she just, I, I think she gives good-looking guys more wiggle room, and she's certainly not the first person to do that. You know, there is pretty privilege. And I, I think she was letting this guy get away with something that was, I, I just thought was really kind of insensitive and thought and mean. And she wasn't picking up on it. But I really liked it. And I liked the idea of believing because there are those nights. And I can remember writing about this, the nights where I would lay awake, especially as I was like approaching, as approaching 50, it was in my m- mid to late 40s, mm-hmm. approaching a time in my life, like a a milestone birthday. And I was thinking, please don't let this be it. Yeah. Please don't let this be it. Please let there still be someone out there. Right. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. So this whole thing is, I mean, it's, it's your life, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's huge. Every and the hard thing about this is that everyone wants this, right? And of course, to, every, everyone wants love. I think. I think that's right. Fair to say. Um, and to some extent, you know, you you can work on yourself. You can go to therapy. You can go to the gym. You can you mm-hmm. can try to right the wrongs that you've committed in the past, mm-hmm. so that you could do it right next time. But I I think that's that's about half of it, and the other half is is just luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. And again, the the workshops that I want to start doing is about sort of self care for your soul and and your and your your sense of wo- your self worth when try when dating because we, I I just don't think we we focus enough on how to protect ourselves from the the damage that reject the rejection and the frustration and the ghosting and all of it can do because I truly believe it's doing incredible damage to our mental health. Have you heard about that app? That's like, um, Tinder for platonic female friends. It's Bumble, right? No, it's not Bumble. There's a, there's a, well, Bumble may do that too. I don't know, but there's a brand new one. Um, I forget what it's called. I didn't sign up for it because I'm antisocial. 
<laughs> uh, no new friends. But <laughs> but if you are in the market for friends, that seems like a good way to balance out your experience on Tinder. You know what I, I've found, and here's the thing. I some of the more substantive relationships I have now, you know, I have my friends from college, I have my friends from New York. But some of the most substantive relationships I have, like the one I have with you, these are relationships that were born online. Yeah. And the I well, I don't know if it's irony, I don't know if I'm using that correctly, but when it comes to platonic relationships, we know how to cultivate those relationships, but when it comes to romantic relationships, we just we fall apart you know i have people I in my life everyone i i don't know that i agree with that i think um like especially once you enter your 30s it's really hard to have just friendships because everyone you know has married off has had kids they're working a lot i i think it's hard to be close and have people to hang out with in your 30s mm-hmm. as friends well yeah, but I'm talking about these are online friendships. These right. are people I've never met in real life, but uh, there's still so much that I get out of these friendships and that I give to these friendships. There's so much support. And I, I think it's easier for, I'm just going to say it, I think it's easier for women. But I feel like social media has done such damage to dating because it has created that false sense of abundance. Mm-hmm. But I think it's helping lonely people. Like, I, I, you know, of course, online, like the internet and social media is, we talked about the incels last week. And that has, there's the downside of social media that it, and the internet is that it provides hateful people to it provides them with communities but it also provides people with mental illness or who are lonely or who are just looking to connect and i think we are we we are desperate to for connection yeah i think everyone's lonely mm-hmm. to some degree yeah especially uh i think this next guy that we're going to talk about mm. So, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you to Miles Scott. Miles Scott wrote Confessions of a Former Fuckboy for the Babe Report this week. And before we get into the fuckery of this article, I'm finger quoting, you can't see me, I I feel the need to... Uh, delve into the origin of the word fuckboy because it's an example of yet again white people co-opting co-opting something from black culture. The term fuckboy comes from uh, rap, the rap community, and from the black community. And it means it's a, it's an attack on a man's masculinity. It means he's a loser. White people did what they always do. They came along and they took the word and they didn't just steal it. They uh, complete, they, they decided, oh, we don't want the original definition. We're going to change it. But we, we like how this sounds. So let's be clear that the word fuck boy is a term that we 
co-opted and stole from black culture and that we've sort of taken taken on and and as though we we came up with it <laughs> now did you explore the um spelling variations because i've seen it with a y and an i i've seen it with a y and an i and miles I, I, with a y obviously right y. and and i want to say that i i the the article that i read that explained this history, and I think it did exceptionally well, and I'll put it in the notes. It was an article on Jezebel written by Cara Brown in 2015. I will link to it in the notes. And it's a pretty incisive discussion on how white people, once again, like coveted this word and took it as their own and completely uh, changed the meaning of it to fit whatever their convenience as white people are wont to do. I think the... The co-opted meaning is similar. Do you agree? I think it's uh, it's it's a worthless man, right? No, I don't think the the meaning is similar. I think white people have taken fuckboy and made it about a guy who screws around, a guy who has a lot of casual sex partners and who leads women on. And, you know, do I think that is a man like that a loser? I mean, I think a man like that is an asshole, but when I hear loser, I think weak. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't feel that the white version of fuck boy is anything close to what it, what the term it was, the term, the definition it originally had. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know either. <laughs> I don't, so, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let's start this one, and I, I really urge all y'all to uh, get one of those stressy balls or <laughs> something that's you can like grip uh, a tennis ball, something because uh, you're you're gonna you're, this is gonna make you have feelings. <laughs> Hi, <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Miles Scott, and I am a former fuckboy. I used women to fill a void created by my insecurities for most of my adult life. I led women on while making my intentions known. I slept with and hurt countless women. Where's the, here's the rest. A fuck boy would never be able to explain his behavior, even if he wanted to, because he has very little self-awareness or emotional intelligence. Without an internal perspective, the fuckboy's mind can only be speculated upon until now. After a suicidal depression and an intense transformation, I awakened to how my identity was formed and how my former fuckboy behavior affected both myself and the women I'd hurt. Ladies, oh, I hate that term. <laughs> Ladies, this puts you in an interesting position because for the first time ever, as far as I know, <laughs> As far as I know, for the first time ever, <laughs> as far as I know, you now have access to information that was once inaccessible. Wow. Grab your, grab your girlfriends, because this former fuckboy is about to reveal some hard truths that might change your perceptions forever. Might. <laughs> okay. A lot of qualifying statements. <laughs> I'm just trying to, really trying to stay even keeled on this one. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the really disturbing part uh, of this is that it was posted on a woman's website by a woman. 
and then it posted to Instagram by this Miles with Y, Scott, and a ton of women came into the comments. Oh, you're so brave. Oh, this is, oh, we needed to hear this. Oh, this is so great. And I went into the comments, <laughs> being the asshole that I am, and I said, can we please stop giving these basic white boys head pats for identifying a feeling? Because that they're falling for this guy. And what's worse is a, a woman is the one put, putting him on the pedestal and giving him a, a giving him a spotlight. And I feel like we really need to be more discerning about the men we let into women's spaces. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> uh, let's so let's continue because this has been this, this whole post is basically three thoughts written 18 different ways. My behavior was all an act to find my worth. Once I created a version of myself that provided positive feedback, my ego desperately clung to it in order to associate my, myself with feelings of worthiness. I used women to validate myself. Their purpose was to constantly reassure me of my value relative to the perceptions in my environment, but I never had the self-awareness or emotional intelligence to realize it was only illusion and would therefore never lead to genuine self-love. That's the real tragedy that that's Miles that's didn't the real that's the real tragedy. Yeah, that's the real tragedy. It's not that he like took a big steaming dump on a bunch of women, <laughs> but if you read this, and I will link to it, the, the the behavior he's talking about is from when he was in college and in his early twenties. Where surprise, surprise, he was a dude in college that kind of, that I guess had a lot of casual sex, maybe, and who started having trying to have adult relationships in his early 20s and was still seeking attention outside that relationship but not cheating flirting with you know other women or lusting after other women and we talked about this yesterday and you, you and this is sort of me I guess an age thing but he's he's depicting your typical 20 something not even just a 20 something guy He's depicting someone who's still trying to build their identity and, and, and figure out who they are. Yeah. That's what's irritating about this to me is that he thinks he's unique. He's trying to monetize his identity. <laughs> his totally basic, not at all original identity. Right. It's like he's trying to be an influencer, but, you know, not, not have to talk about skincare. <laughs> right <laughs> whatever he wants to be like the dating guru influencer and there's this whole this this whole thing is an ad right i mean this whole thing is an ad but it's also it's also another way he seeks validation from women right because he wants you to buy his his thing that he's and not just that but again look at the comments and how glowing they are. And it's all these really beautiful women saying, you're so amazing. He's still seeking that validation from women. I mean, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I, I find this a little more despicable than being 23 years old and screwing around and like not calling our girl back. Yeah, because he's, he's not selling a program teaching men how not to be fuckboys anymore. Right. He's he's selling. I don't know. What is he selling a book? Is it just a book? He, it's a he seminar. Apparently he has a Kickstarter 
and he does offer coaching services to men. But weirdly, and by weirdly, I mean totally fucking predictable, uh, his entire marketing and press has been to women. Right. You know, do you and- think when he meets with men that there is oat milk? Oh, don't even. <laughs> oh, you bitch. And flower crowns. Oh, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> the journal. I, I, oh, the, the journal. The, 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 oh, God. Oh, pour one out for Carolyn Calloway. Jesus Christ Almighty. <laughs> that poor bastard. Um, uh, but he, this is this is related, though, I think, because I, I, I am getting a strong influencer vibe here. Like, right. Um, and I went to I went to his followers. It's like 85, 80 percent women. And they're mostly uh, bots. And he's his it's fake. Yeah. He's giving the impression. Look at all the women following him. so we see you we see you bitch and we know what you're up to but uh let's uh let's parse this just a bit more okay my greatest fear was being exposed to my insecurities i lived in denial i'd convinced myself of how strong i was and never desired to question myself having insecurities made me weak and if anyone contradicted my strength it was an attack on who i felt like i was at my core or in the very essence of my being. I yeah, didn't know. I mean, it. Is he still 21? I don't think he has an essence of being at that point, right? Right. I don't think any of us did. You don't have a core yet. <laughs> yeah. What is, oh my God. No matter how beautiful or caring a woman was, it was never enough. The need for external validation beckoned always. The insecurities ran deep. And no matter how beautiful or caring she was, no matter how many of my needs she met, it was never enough. I constantly sought female attention elsewhere, constantly entertained conversations with women that weren't my girlfriend, constantly lusted after other women. So you ne- went to college. Right. So you were, uh, you see, <laughs> not even, yeah. So you were young okay. and stupid. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you were immature like most of us at this at this age. So... He goes on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it took an extremely traumatic breakup, which caused me to spiral downward to get to the point where I finally challenged my identity without something more painful than the perceived pain of change. I'd never had felt I'd never have felt the need to alter the course of my life. Can we just, this is, <laughs> we're going to change this to, from sad Affleck to sad miles. <laughs> this whole thing is so akin to when dudes only realize women are human after they have daughters. Right. Ugh. It, it is, it is adjacent to that. Yeah. So, ex- so really, the fuckboy seminar <laughs> or whatever needs to not be how to understand fuckboys because we understand fuckboys. They are doing what they want because they can. Because they can. The end. Right. Right. the The fuckboy seminar needs to be either how to recognize a fuckboy because I think part of what makes a fuckboy a fuckboy. This is really excessive. I've never said fuckboy this much. Uh, right. <laughs> but part of what makes one, I think, is 
that they act like they're not right. Like they, they act like there's, there's something beyond casual sex and it's unnecessary because women in their twenties, if you're good looking, will have casual sex with you. You don't need to pretend that there's going to be a relationship if there's not in order to get the sex. That's what makes a fuckboy a fuckboy, right? Is that they're lying. That's my understanding, anyway. As as an old. (laughs) I don't think he really understands that what this, this process that he went through uh, is is actually typical of most people in their 20s. He thinks that, A, he thinks that his behavior was was atypical, was somehow unique, and B, he thinks we give a shit. How about that? He thinks we care that some guy grew up-ish and has now decided to be a decent human being. Well, good. You, you, you should be at your age. At your age, you should right. be smartening up. He's 28 now, right? Yeah, I think he's still pretty young. So I wrote on his Instagram page, because of course I did. Um, he said, you know, I really feel like this this essay is, is, he's responding to someone's comment. And he said, I really feel like this essay is making a difference. And I said, a difference to who? <laughs> <laughs> to his Kickstarter. <laughs> and it's a, he said, it's a two-pronged approach. Show men that vulnerability is a strength simply because it takes courage not to hide. Help women derive their self-worth from within so they collectively raise the bar for how they deserve to be treated. Then, on the simplest, most biological level, men will have no choice but to evolve in order to find a partner. Mm -hmm. I see. So, the real goal here is to work with women and teach them about self-love. Yeah. How many of these creepy gurus have we heard about that are all about helping women and really they're just creeps. They're just wolves in sheep's clothing looking to get in into a, like a feminist or a woman's space because they need validation from women or more. Yeah. Well, and they seem to have the same five pointers, like always be positive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be supportive. Well, and the, the idea that, you know, but he says, but he's essentially blaming the fuckboy phenomenon on the fact that women just have low self-esteem. No, it's it's mainly because these guys are assholes. That's what that's about. Yeah. Like women being willing, you know, women being attracted to them is not why they're a fuckboy. They're a fuckboy because depending on their age, if they're young, they're just young and stupid. But if these are guys at, you know, miles with a wise age, 28 older, and they're still pulling this shit. They're just assholes. It has nothing to do with women and low self-esteem or needing to find themselves or needing to follow some, you know, 10-step program that, you know, that he's going he's gonna to teach. 10 steps, two prongs. 10 steps. <laughs> it, it's By the he, first installment now. <laughs> it's going to <laughs> sales stop at midnight tonight and we only have 50 left. Did you? Uh, there's a great video that I saw, and again, I will link to it. Uh, it's by the dating guy on Facebook, and it's about all the different techniques that these dating coaches use to get people to, to basically scam people out of their money, or make 
or, or to exploit some of these people's vulnerability. I will post it. It's fascinating and it's hilarious because he also takes a, a good number of jabs at Matthew Hussey. Um, I mean, speaking of snake oil salesmen, though, I, I, you know, a part of me was reading this thinking like, I, is anyone going to give this guy money? <laughs> An Instagram follow is one thing, but if you read this and can't spot a huckster, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you need to learn that lesson. Well, if in you your twenties, yeah. You if know? you look at his Instagram, yeah, there are a lot of women who love what he's saying. Now it could very well be that these are fake comments and I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were fake, but the groundswell of attention he got from women and the fact that a woman's magazine is giving this guy any press or praise or anything should tell you that we, we, the bar, somebody said this, there was a commenter and she runs a, she does a podcast called The Builders or Builders. I'll get the correct information. And she was saying the bar is so low that, <laughs> right? For, that, for men or for, for like life gurus? Well, well, just for men in general, the bar is so low. We, we've, been, we've been allowing the bar to be so low for so long that this stuff comes off like, oh, like we're just so blown away. Whereas the adult women are like, bitch, take a seat. We know what you're up to. Don't even. The yeah. older women know exactly what this young guy's up to. It it just is so clearly an ad <laughs> because it's so devoid of substance. And I know he wants you to like keep keep hanging on to buy the thing, right? But it's 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 just buzzword after buzzword and so much jargon well and, and also totally and, and some of the buzzwords that he uses and this is where i really dislike him are depression and suicide that he definitely felt like he was just it's manipulative I mean, I'm, I'm not calling that into question that probably happened but and that's sad and i'm sorry that that happened um but i <laughs> does that make you more credible or you know right. why, does, why does that somehow that? make right does it make you uh does it make is, are we supposed to feel bad for you that like I, I can i can feel bad for you that you went through something very dark i feel bad for anybody that goes through who goes through something very dark but i can also dislike you for behavior you exhibited before that that, that led to that period like you can also be called out for that behavior and after it's, and after the dark period <laughs> and after because he's not really doing anything different now he's just using a different platform to do it yeah he's still looking for the attention he's still looking for the validation but now he's going to use feminism as his brand he's how going refreshing. yeah how refreshing <laughs> exactly <laughs> and the the problem is is that he gets women are welcoming welcoming him into the circle. Yeah, I guess I guess it's working for him, and uh, you know maybe <laughs> he'll make his Kickstarter goal. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll just have to see. I'm probably not going to give him any money. Yeah, but um, uh, you know we'll see. See how he does. Yeah, well, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> oh, so. 
Now, now that we brought up Matthew Hussey, sorry, Miles with a Y, uh, this was fun, and uh, I just don't think we're going to hear from you again. <laughs> so the next bit is about a video that Patty Stanger retweeted, and it's a video of Matthew Hussey, but the... Yeah. the and she said, oh, everybody should watch this. It's it's the best advice. And the advice, the, the scenario depicted was a woman met a guy online. And right before the date, he canceled. Mm-hmm. And so a few days later, the woman followed up. Hey, how you doing? He said, great. When can I, re- you know, when can I reschedule that rain check? And she said, oh, I'm oh, free. I thought, she, I thought she asked him to reschedule. No, he did. Okay. And she said, oh, I'm free Friday or Saturday. And he said, well, cool. I'll hit, you know, I'll, I'll talk, I'll hit you up closer to the weekend. Uh-huh. And Matthew was saying how, oh, you know, now what you have to say, and this will determine whether or not this guy is really interested. What you have to say <laughs> is, you know what? Uh, I'm busy this weekend, maybe, maybe next week. And if he replies and says, you know what, I can, and I can probably like, let's do Friday. Then you know that he's interested in you. How about Matthew? How about we tell women that when a man cancels on you last minute, it's rude, it's thoughtless, and we should immediately scratch them off the list. Now, we can reply and say, no problem. Hit me up when you know your schedule. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. Because it might be a real thing. It might, I t- it might be a real thing. I remember I was 10 minutes, uh, 10, 15 minutes uh, almost out the door, all dressed up for a date. It was a first date. And the guy called me and he said, my, my dog's really sick and I'm really afraid she's going to die. And can we reschedule? And the dog ended, right. And the dog did end up dying that night. So yeah, but you, you can give someone a chance and say, you know what? It, it, it's totally possible, but somebody who's genuinely interested in you when they cancel, they're going to have, uh, they're going to have a plan. You know what? I can't make tonight. Are you around this weekend? But if someone says, oh, I can't make it, like, can we shoot, you know, if they don't, if they don't try and make plans with you when they cancel, or if they don't say, um, or if they don't follow up, like, the next day and say, hey, I'm so sorry about last night. Um, are you around on, you know, can we maybe try for Saturday? If they don't show you that they really do feel bad about it, then the cancellation, they're canceling because they're treating you like an option. And it's not that we're not all options. We are all options. These people, you know, we don't, we, we shouldn't expect to be treated like we're somebody that they've known for a very long time. We shouldn't, we shouldn't get that invested. Right. But it's okay to say, I'd like, to, I'd like someone to respect my time. Sure. It's okay to want that. And if a guy does cancel on you or if a woman cancels on you last minute that that behavior needs to be acknowledged as what it is which is rude yeah you know men seem to understand this innately because i once canceled on a guy last minute because i got the flu 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't know until that day. And I, I canceled on him, I think, around noon. And he responded with a lot of anger. <laughs> a lot wow. Of, a lot of vitriol. Uh, turns out I dodged a bullet there. Um, right. But he, yeah, it, he was, he had no qualms about telling me that if I wasn't really interested, I shouldn't waste his time. And and you know what that is? That That's a sign of somebody who has been rejected and blown off and blown off over and over and over again. I guess so, but I that wasn't what I was doing. Right. It's, it's not. And <laughs> well, that's I'm why glad, I. I'm glad that happened, though. Right. It, because it, it told you who he was. Yeah. It, that's not to say that we shouldn't, that we should cut people off right away. I think we're too quick to do that, too. I think that's another thing that's working against us is we're just, we're dismissing people too quickly. Yeah. What we have to learn is how to not invest an ounce of thought in someone at, after that point. If this person says, hey, they're going to they're gonna follow up, okay, cool, let them. Let them follow right. through. And if they don't follow through, then you know. Yeah, that's your answer. No answer is the answer. Yep. And these little tests of, you know, uh, I'm maybe not, don't, you don't need to, t- if you if you haven't even met somebody and you're already testing them, that's a mm. bad sign. That's, you're, yeah, that's a lot of work. You know, and <laughs> when I first watched this video, my first thought was, oh God, why did she, why did she initiate? Why did she follow up with him? And then I thought, you know what, again, she liked the guy and it's, and that's okay. It's okay to really like someone and want to give them an, a second chance. Yeah. But she's putting herself out there. She's putting herself out there, but there's only so far you can go. Right. And before a guy or, or a woman realizes, Oh, I can get away with anything with her. Right. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is reasonable. Um, but in the video, <laughs> Uh, which you are not in. Right, which I am not <laughs> at, in. At the, at the point where the woman um, recounts that she says, oh, oh yeah, I'm free Friday or Saturday. Matthew Hussey is the human equivalent of the Kill Bill siren. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's like, oh my God, that's such a mistake. Yeah. Why would you do that? I mean, in his Matthew Hussey way, obviously. But pip, he just, pip, 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 cheerio. <laughs> he just, Give her a break, man. <laughs> right. She did it beca- she, she did it because she liked him. Right. And, and she wanted to be fair. And in her attempts to be fair, she, you know, she gave him right. too too wide a berth to fuck up. Yeah, I, I don't even know that she like she fucked up. She's like, Yeah, I'm available Friday or Saturday. Oh my god, don't let him know that. You you're supposed to be out on the town every night. You know what? No, you're not. And it's okay that you're available Friday or Saturday. That doesn't right. no, mean I, that you're I'm not- saying she gave him too wide of a berth to fuck up because no. she she said Friday or Saturday. Uh, she came, gave him too wide of a berth. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Because right. then he was like, oh, well, when I get around to it. Right. Which, I mean, that, that yeah. is what happened. But again, Matthew Hussey, human equivalent of the Kill Bill siren. He just <laughs> acts like this is an unbelievable thing to say. <laughs> right. Like, oh, my God, what what are you thinking? What have you done? Yeah. <laughs> yes, which which she did was uh, give somebody a, a chance. Right. Which I think more people <laughs> should do as long as she can go into it uh knowing okay, he might blow me off and that's okay. That, right. But at least at least I tried. 
Yeah, or he might not blow you off. You might have a date. Right. And then you might never hear from him again. Right, and who knows? <laughs> maybe on that date, there's going to be such great chemistry that the guy's like, whoa, like I almost blow this, blew this person off. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know. I, I, don't I would know. Say, It's about managing our investments in these situations. That's the real that that's the real trick and the real tool that we need to that we need to have is how to manage the investment, how to manage the expectations, how to manage the the disappointment because there's a lot of disappointment out there. Yeah. So, uh Matthew Hussey needs to just shut the fuck up and go find a new <laughs> vest and whatever. Calm down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All the little backstreet boy vests that he wears. Fucking A. Oh, that that video, he's um not wearing a vest, but he's wearing a very notable shirt. <laughs> a shirt what do you mean notable? You don't remember it, I guess. I I thought it was the weirdest shirt. Um because it it clearly costs upwards of two hundred dollars, but it has it's a t shirt and it's had the collar removed in a really haphazard, uh, deliberate way, <sighs> and it's <laughs> just such a bizarre. He it's shirt. it's the I'm trying to look like I don't spend a lot of money, but I do. <laughs> it's that look. It's um, I think it's the opposite. I think it's look at my shirt. Oh yeah, he 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 really likes being that whole everyman thing, and that's why he's dating a pop star allegedly. Oh, he's yeah. I think we can all relate. You know, like he's to that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's trying to be such an everyman. I can't. Sarah, this has been Kristen. awesome as Kristen usual. With a C. Kristen with a C. I can't tell you <laughs> how many times I have to tell people uh, it's Kristen, not Christian, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of how it's spelled. Yeah. So people check out the women on top podcast.com and join the mailing list so that you can find out we're going to be, I'm working on the, the workshops now and we'll probably do them through zoom. So join the mailing list so that you can, you know, the, I'll be giving coupon codes to the people in the mailing list to join the, the workshops, join the, just uh, follow us on Twitter Women on Top Pod. Follow us on Instagram, Women on Top Podcast. Uh, yeah, that's and don't that's, give Miles any money. And don't give Miles any money. <laughs> <laughs> Miles with a Y. Yeah, <laughs> because of course it's a Y. <laughs> I bet he has that shirt too. Yeah, I'm sure he does too. Forever alone. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh god I, I don't know what I would do when I, without these sound clips guys <laughs> thank you so much I get the Kill Bill siren I, I was just thinking I'm like oh god can I giggle this can I google yeah. this fast enough <laughs> thank you very much for listening uh, you're free to leave comments on the site and let us know or you can just heart the episode on our site to let us know if you liked it and uh, we will be back next week Sarah well, anything to say? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, don't go don't go crazy with all those words, Sarah. All right, people. Was that lame? I no. just thought it was like a heartfelt. You always do this to me, Kristen. You always <laughs> <laughs> there's pressure on me. <laughs> oh. Goodbye. <laughs>